morning. It is an early Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Yeah, I, I teased this on a Friday, but there's a small company event today, so we're going to try to wrap up around 1130 if possible. Maybe that range, whatever it is, and get out of here so that uh, we can be part of that. Wouldn't mind talking less about it if possible. In fact, I thought maybe we could have just started at 10 and done less conversation today about the uh, Ravens losing 33 to 31. Thanks to everyone who joined us for Project Game Day yesterday. We had a lot of fun being out at um, Towson University and the University Union for their big Veterans Day celebration. Really an amazing event. What a job done by not only the um, the veterans group there at Towson, but also uh, Baltimore County Commission Amazing effort putting that together. Who's calling me right now? Don't they uh, know? John Harbaugh to explain. Yeah, uh, I hope. Uh, maybe he's, maybe he's finally got an answer. It's not just how the game went. We'll talk about that. Uh, but we had a great day. Appreciate everybody who came and said hello at the event. Also, everybody who joined us on the stream for Project Game Day. We do it every game day. So the next one will be Thursday night, late night after Ravens Bengals. Hope you come hang out with myself, Rita, Femi, I, and Bedejo as well as uh, our cast and, of crew, uh, cast and crew, Ken Zalis, Andrew Stecka, Josh Charles. I'm worried that Josh might not be able to do it anymore now that you know he's got to go back to work. That nice, whole, nice having That whole thing. Eight, ten, he was there yesterday, yeah. though. He was Afterwards, he was like, did I talk too much? I'm like, no, Josh. That's the point. You're Josh Charles. <laughs> you're good, man. Also, he had a lot to say yesterday. A lot of – he was fired up. Femi was fired up. Man, Femi was emo- – I highly, I would recommend watching a game of Femi. He is emotional, dude. Like he said, anymore he only watches games by himself on the couch. I'm like, I get it, I get it. So um, yeah, every game day this season brought to you by Superbook Sports. AJ Michaels, HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Find out more PressBoxOnline.com/slash/GameDay and join us at Facebook.com/slash/PressBoxSports or YouTube.com/slash/PressBoxOnline. Kadri joins us in a few minutes this morning. We'll get his thoughts. Jonas Schaefer a little bit later on. Jeremy Kahn, uh, as he does every Monday. Look, I, you're not going to get me to panic. I won't do that. The, I, as I write about today at PressBoxOnline.com, the stats, there's two stats that you guys are sharing without context. And they're not. Good. I don't want to try to spin it and make it seem like they are they're good. But I just want you to think about them a little bit more. So the one that's the first one that was shared was the one from um, Benjamin Solak of the Ringer, who after the game yesterday tweeted, The Ravens have lost seven games in the last two regular seasons with Lamar as the starter. They had at least a seventy five percent win probability, according to ESPN's win probability tracker, in the fourth quarter of Every single one. In five of the seven, they had a 90% chance to win it in the fourth. Damning, right? Damning. The other number that's going around is that the Ravens have trailed for a total of 28 minutes and 46 seconds yesterday, or this season. A total. Not even a half. Not even one half. It is by far leading the league. 
Second in that statistic is the Kansas City Chiefs at over 80 minutes. They are more than 50 minutes better than second place in the league. In fact, they're one of the top five teams of all time through 10 games as far as fewest or less least time trailing. And as is also pointed out by everyone, and yet, all of the other five teams in the top five were 10-0 and at this point in the season. The Ravens are 7-3. and So these numbers come off quite damning. To which I say back, well, when you lose, would you rather they get their ass kicked? Like, is that somehow better? Is the Chiefs loss to the Broncos better than the Ravens loss to the Browns? Which I'm not saying to try to make an excuse for it. It's just that we throw these things out there as though they tell an entire story and we sort of miss it a little bit. Part of that story is that the Ravens are so good that they're in every game they play with Lamar Jackson as their quarterback. It doesn't make it okay that they find ways to lose. Now, it's the NFL, and teams lose games, and all the things that we'll say. Sometimes the other team tries, too. Browns tried like hell yesterday. Sometimes goofy things end up conspiring. A batted interception that's returned for a touchdown. That's just a ball that's lingering, hanging up in the air. 50-50 ball. Turns into a touchdown the other way. A play clock that for some reason starts while your quarterback is literally still being piled on from the previous play and the other team has an injured player. Nobody noticing that the play clock had started and deciding to yell about it instead of taking a timeout in that situation. Any one of these things can count as goofy things. Sometimes that happens. Why does it keep happening to the Ravens? The difficult part about the conversation, and I'll pose it to both Kadri and Jonas this morning, is that it would be easier if it was one specific thing. If every time the Ravens lost a game in which they led by at least two scores, we could point to one thing and say, well, that's the problem. In 1996, the Ravens regularly were a team that led at the half. And then they just got their asses blown in in the second half because their defense stunk. It was an easy answer. It couldn't be fixed in 96, but in the coming years, it sure as hell got fixed. Well, the defense doesn't stink. It's still, after yesterday, the best defense in football. It would be easy if it was all on... The offense, the offense just wasn't good enough. Well, that's not necessarily the case. And remember, when you guys thought the answer was the offensive coordinator a year ago, well, he's fired. And you got the new guy, and you like that new guy. Right up until Keaton Mitchell only got three carries yesterday, and now you hate him too. So I don't know when when we, we had it. I don't if who set the odds for this, but... It was 10 weeks that's before we were ready we to fire the, the next the, offensive The monkey meter. Yeah. Correct. When are we going to want to fire that guy? 10 weeks. Which, for what it's worth, five weeks longer than I expected. 
I would have lost that bet. I definitely had the under on that one. If it was just one thing, it would be easier to handle. Instead, it's all of these things. And it makes it difficult for us to figure out what's going on. And so we default to things like, well, let's just blame the coach. Right? Like, let's just blame John Harbaugh when they lose a game like this. Okay. What specifically yesterday would you put on John Harbaugh? If you want to put the delay a game on him, that he's the one that should have looked up and said, whoa, the play clock didn't get reset and he should have called a timeout. I'll give you that. Again, it doesn't start with him because it starts with the fact that the clock started way before it ever should have, given that there was an injured player and Lamar Jackson was still on the pile. But at some point, somebody's got to recognize it. So if you want to say that's the fault of the head coach, I'll give you that. But that's one play. What else from yesterday goes on the head coach? Is it the head coach's job to demand Keaton Mitchell be back on the field? I got to be honest with you. We don't know enough about Keaton Mitchell in pass protection to know how comfortable they are with Keaton Mitchell being an every-down type of running back. And we can say, hey, they didn't run the ball enough. This is another thing that we love to do. They didn't run the ball enough. But part of it is because on the few times in the second half when they did run the ball, they only got about two yards. They put themselves behind the sticks, and they left themselves in bad situations. They didn't have the ball enough to run the ball. I still agree on the whole that it seems like there should have been more opportunities. But part of the inability to stay committed to the run was the inability to stay on the field. That's the reality. It's difficult when we can't just find one person to blame. That part stinks. Want to blame Lamar Jackson? Blame We're going to do slabs. Lamar will show up on the list. The, I, I don't know what happened on the interception to Rashad Bateman. He suggested it was on him. I. That's pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty bad. I felt... Early in the game, like there were a number of times where he was, it almost feels like he's averse to running downfield in the first half of a football game. Like, I'll let this play unfold for 10 seconds before I take off. And sometimes that leads to like that touchdown that we saw a couple weeks ago that we were like, ah, it's Houdini again. And sometimes it leads to nothing. But some of it, you can put on Lamar Jackson. Like, he missed the throw to Zay Flowers down the sideline. That's a miss, plain and simple. That's there. You got to make that throw. He had Keaton Mitchell wide open in the middle of the field. And when he got sacked on that play, it was a check down. He didn't take it. Keaton Mitchell might still be running if he had hit him. Some of that is on Lamar. He wasn't great yesterday. He, He just wasn't. Do I think Lamar Jackson is a problem? No, but he wasn't great yesterday. It, this is what makes this conversation difficult. There's no one thing that I can... Be, the offensive line got their ass beat. The offensive line is also part of the, a big part of the reason why they're 7-3. and three. The defensive line got worked yesterday. Defensive line is a big part of the reason why they're 7-3, and, and yet... If Justin Matabike is the one that falls on the, the fumble when Adafi Owe makes the game-winning play, then we're not having this conversation. 
We're having a conversation about, woo, that got, that got interesting. <laughs> but they're 8-2 and two and all's good. Which doesn't mean I'm dismissive of the fact that it keeps happening. But it, I don't know how to talk about that fairly. Because it doesn't mean they're not a really good football team. Again, they've been trailing for 50-plus minutes less than any other team in the NFL. They're a very extraordinarily good football team. This, it's, it's, this uns, it's, it's undefinable. Early in the season, I attempted, attempted to call it handling adversity, but the truth is it's really like handling prosperity. In some games, they get out to a lead and they cruise. And in other games, they get punched back in the mouth and it's like they don't have a counterpunch. That when it starts to happen, it just comes unglued. And I, I can't explain it. I can't. It's frustrating. Some of it is because NFL, man. The other teams try to some of it is because football, because the ball's not round. Some of it is you you can't explain it. I, it's tough. I wish I had those answers. It would be easier if we could just say, well, the problem is the secondary and this is on DeCosta. It's not any of those things. The answers all appear to be there. These losses might very much hurt them. They might be the difference in... They had the opportunity yesterday to make the division a two-team race. And frankly, they had the opportunity yesterday to make it so that on Thursday night, they could all but lock up the division. And that went by the wayside. They're in the position where they are. They're not a bad football team. There's no reason to panic. But it is <clears throat> extraordinarily frustrating that these trends continue. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Let's see if uh, our next guest can help us out at all. Of course, Super Bowl champion, now with WJZ. He's our buddy, Kadri Ismail, and he's back with us on GCR. Q, I, what I'm struggling with is I know it's not a good thing that the Ravens have blown multi-score leads three times this season and seven times over the last two years. I also know that it like, wouldn't make us feel better if the Ravens were getting their brains beat in in those games. It is still a reflection that they're a good team that they're in those situations to be able to do it, but I don't know how to define or explain why it is that keeps happening. Well, I don't know either, but I will say this. All the good teams that I have seen over the years, and this is the National Football League, so kicking a field goal to win the game or winning by more than 10 points, regardless, if you have one point more than the other team, that's a good thing. In other words, the good teams find ways to win games. And 
That's not a cliche. That's historical. When you look at this seven game where you had, yes, the multiple solo of, of scores and all of that, and you're wondering how come they didn't get it done, that's the head scratcher to me. Because that saying, you're not a good team. Yeah. But yet, you sit there and you're trying to be glass half full if you're Ravens fan and be like, all right, well, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be okay. But at what point do you say, man, we just, something needs to change in order to get over the hump. Uh, Kadri, I feel like it would be easier if it was like one unit that was, if there was something that you could point at and say, hey, this is all about the secondary. The secondary is the problem. you got to put different guys out there. But every game, it's been something different, right? Like, and, and that's why... When I say I, I don't know how to measure it because it, if the Ravens go up by 14 against Cincinnati on Thursday, then we're all going to be thinking about it in the back of our minds. But I don't even know what to watch for to know if it might come unglued, right? Like I can't say, well, this is the part where all of a sudden the the defensive line won't be able to play. I I don't even know what to watch for to figure out if it might happen again. Well, it, it was appalling to see the statistic come across the screen that Justin Tucker was one for four outside of 50. Yeah. And then all of a sudden his kick is blocked. Yeah. Like, you're right. It's weird when you see, you know, Roquan Smith, who I think he's the closest thing to Ray Lewis, the Ravens have ever had as middle linebacker. And to see a offensive line literally get, they're running back into the second level in Ford, and Ford continually goes, and the defensive line and linebackers all get pushed back another, you know, eight to ten yards. That was, like, appalling to me. It was appalling to me that you see another deep ball opportunity get overthrown. It was appalling to me to see another sack put on your star quarterback, it is just baffling to me when you look at all that and somehow, some way, say it's okay. Uh, it certainly is not okay. Kadri Ismail is with us here on GCR. You brought up the deep ball thing. How, how do you make sense of it? Because I, I, I almost don't even like talking about it because it goes back to some of the things that were unfairly said about Lamar Jackson for a long time, right? I. Lamar Jackson can throw a deep ball. We all know that. But this has been three now in the last two weeks that should have been touchdowns. Like, plain and simple should have been touchdowns. What is what is off? What isn't working on the deep balls right now? Well, shoot. We can go back to the Cleveland. They at Cleveland and wasn't able to connect with him. So... The only time I really saw him being synced was Nelson Aguilar, and Nelson couldn't catch the baby. Right. So outside of that play, yeah, you've seen these overthrows. And I've seen where Hollywood Brown, my God, man, he was connecting up with him for deep balls like on a regular. So, yeah, you're right. We know he can do it. 
it's just I I don't know if he gets you know excited or anxious or what when it comes to oh my God is there let me get it to him I don't know what that is and so that's what is frustrating when you look at him because he he has every throw in his arsenal and that's what I think makes this even harder to swallow. Kadri, one of the complaints that everybody has is the number of touches for Keaton Mitchell, especially considering how electric he looked on his first two of the day yesterday. Is it fair to say, hey, once you see that, you've got to get the guy on the field as much as possible? Or is it still unreasonable to say that someone who's essentially playing in his second career NFL game should suddenly be moving in front and getting such a steady diet of touches? Well, Todd Munkin, I think, tried to get him the ball. Um, he got him, obviously, on one screen. Lamar technically checked him to his right. And as he was trying to get him the ball on another screen opportunity to his right, the defense collapsed the pocket and he had to scramble out to his left Isaiah likely the guy came off the edge and Isaiah couldn't be stout at that point of attack and it resulted in a kind of a jet sweep action being a seven yard loss and then the deep ball down the field was going to it's going to be a drop but I look at it as the guy, I don't know, I think his hand either deflected it or the helmet might have deflected it. Right. But it wasn't where it needed to be for him to make that catch. And bottom line, you saw where it was like, all right, well, we're just going to move on to the next thing. So those plays, for whatever the reason, Tom Munger right now, <laughs> And that's something that, in my mind, I, I, I guess, you know, obviously, Todd has the right to do whatever he wants to do. He's the coordinator. Um, but, yeah, I, I think there's other, there's other factors in the play of the team. Like, the running game itself was non-existent. Yeah. I, I, I think it was more than just, oh, you know, that's a low-hanging Fruit. Oh, right. we need to get, you know, Keaton Mitchell the ball more. Well, now, y'all needed to run the ball more, period. Like, be better at it. You know, like, I don't understand what happened in that regard, and, and that's the frustrating part. Kadri, I, I, I keep coming back to the Ravens are 7-3. and three. When they have lost these games, they've tended to bounce back nicely afterwards, right? Like, should we be all that concerned at this point, going into Thursday night? Or should we be able to say, hey, this is the NFL, sometimes things happen, the other team, and in this case, the Browns, very much tried hard, too. Like, what is the appropriate way to handle all of these things? Well, dang. I mean, it happened, what'd you say? Three Se times this year? Yeah, yes. Seven times with Lamar times. going to last year, yeah. Man, come on now. That that That's that right there is a trend. That's a bad trend. Right? That's something that, 
you know, you don't know. You got to clean that jazz up. You can't just be sitting there thinking, oh, it's okay. It ain't okay. Like, again, the good teams, when they get leads, especially the way this team has been getting leads, the good teams, they don't sit there and like, ah, it's okay. No, nah, they finish off their opponent. So, what are we doing? I, I don't I don't have the answer, man. I don't have it. And I keep asking somebody to give it to me. Can, can I put it to you well, this way? See, but let me say it this way. I don't I yeah, I am in a position to offer an opinion because yeah. of my experiences over the life of my time in the National Football League. Yep. Both as a player as well as an analyst, both as a person who talk to other people within uh, different organizations. And I will tell you, one of the things that is frustrating, there's a reason why certain teams lose because of the mindset and, and the way in which things go from the head on down. So I am beginning to wonder, you know, the, the connection of John Harbaugh is that something that now needs to come into focus? I am not sure, but that's where I'm starting to scratch my head and, I, and, and wonder. Kadri, it's you, you bring it up because I said this earlier. I do think that at some point the buck in these situations the buck stops with the head coach, right? And I can't come up with the answer yesterday of how this is John Harbaugh's fault. But to the point, if it continues, if this is what costs you your opportunity to make a postseason run, then the head coach inevitably has to answer for it. There's there's no way around that. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's, hey, we're going all in. What does, hey, going, we're, we're going all in mean? Right. It means that the, the owner is like, yo, I am willing to pay $16 million to a, a receiver that's over 30 because I think he's charismatic enough to help out my, 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 my team. I'm willing to, uh, you know, pay extra to make sure we have the uh, Lamar, so we can put ourselves in position for winning. And this game is about winning. And if everyone in that building is held to that standard, well, you can't play the what if game when it comes to the head coach. No, I get it. I completely get it. I did. That's the way that it goes, man. And it'll be something that if it continues, there will have to be a reckoning there at some point. But. Hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully. Can I, you know, and I'll leave with this, Kadri. Is there also any question to be asked? And, and you played with some of the greatest leaders of all time. Is there any reasonable question to be asked about the guys that are the leaders on this football team and how they handle these moments when things start to go the wrong way? Because I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not saying that there needs to be a rah-rah speech every time, but it feels like these types of things, like some of that comes to leadership and how you handle these moments when things aren't going your way. It's, it's knowing your team. It's knowing your teammates. It's knowing and understanding who you are. If you're the stud star player, it's guys trusting that you're going to still be that stud star player and make the play. It's you, the star player, yeah. making sure you hold guys accountable to make sure their actions are on point. It's you, the coach, that is 
giving a strategic nugget of information to the star player, to the position uh, a role player to make sure that they understand how they can win. It's you, the coaching staff, making sure that you have the right practice plan in place, the right amount of film study in place. How do you call out a guy? How do you make sure people are, are in tune to what needs to be done? It's no mistake that Tom Brady won all those Super Bowl championships, and right now, because he ain't a part of the New England Patriots, the Patriots suck. Right. You can say what you want about Bill Belichick and hats off to him, but there's a reason why Tom Brady was Tom Brady, and it's even more evident. Hey, uh, you want to remind everybody about missile training? Say that one more time, you, we broke up. You're good, man. You want to remind everybody about missile training? Yeah, missile training is simple. Missiletraining.com, you can go to that website and check out what it is if you're from six years old to 83 years old, and at the same time, all those clients are looking at a better way to move, a better way to understand how to be a more complete athlete and a more complete mover for longevity purposes, whether it be in sport or whether it be in life. At I am Kadri Ismail on Twitter is how you hit him up. I think we're losing you, brother. I appreciate you as always, though. Thanks for hopping on this morning. Appreciate you as always, bro. Thanks, buddy. Kadri Ismail with us here on GCR. I don't disagree with him. And this is the thing, like, you know, Ken Zalis and I fight all the time about John Harbaugh because Ken always wants to fire John Harbaugh. But, like, this stuff keeps happening. No matter whose fault it is, the head coach will have to answer for it. If this is the Ravens' undoing, they build up leads but they can't hold on to them, then the head coach will have to answer for it. This can't just keep continuing forever. It can't be coach contract for life. But again, it also matters that they're in the position because we don't get to pretend like the Ravens are a bad football team. I know what Kadri's trying to say. It, it comes down to winning games. So they still won seven out of the ten. We don't get to create an alternate reality where the Ravens are bad. They're not. I don't know... What, again, the, the only one that I can point out is the delay of game. Like, I'll put that on the coach. Now, it starts with being on the officials, but then when the clock's running, and I get that you don't want to have to use your timeouts because you never know if you're going to need them. Ironically, we thought the Ravens were going to need them at the end of the game, but by the time they were calling them, they were of no help. It was It was like a ceremony at the end. The Ravens were calling their timeouts when everyone knew there was nothing they could do. As soon as the Browns got that last first down run, the Ravens were no longer going to be able to do anything about it. They weren't going to see the ball again. So ironically, they didn't need their timeouts at the end of the game. But what to make it third and 12 after the delay of game? Third and 14? I think it was third and 14. Third and 14. You have to call a timeout there. Have to. You have to recognize the clocks. You can't miss calling a timeout because you're screaming at the officials. 
or hoping that if it gets to zero, that the officials will say, ah, you know what, we screwed up there, we erred. You have to call the timeout. The five yards are too important in that spot. And I don't know that they would have converted a third and nine. But you've got to do it there. You can't put yourself in a third and 14 hole. It would have been Lamar scrambled for seven yards the next play, so it would have been fourth and two had they. But they were still on the other side of the field. I don't think they would have gone for it. They were at, yeah, you're right, yes. They were around their own 40. Yeah, I mean, that'd be be bold. Bold as hell to go for it there. Um. Which, which, which. By the way, I don't. Again, we're butterfly affecting this. I, I don't know. What I don't yeah. know what would have happened. Yeah, I w- don't know what play they would have run. I don't know how it would have worked out. Maybe they would have given it to Keaton Mitchell, and probably not on third and nine. <laughs> I mean, they might have thrown it to him, but they don't think they would have handed it to him on third and nine. The point being, you can't, you can't take a delay of game there. You can't. Some of that's on Lamar too, right? Like I, but I don't know how to blame the entirety of it on John Harbaugh. Short of just saying you're the head coach, and if this happens, you got to answer for it. I I I don't I don't know what else there is to do. I know we all hated his answer after the game about Keaton Mitchell. Well, it's just how the game went. It, it's a terrible answer. There's no getting around it. Now again, I've said this a million times. We. We all want in these situations, like we want it to be like the coach owes us something. And it just ain't that. We don't have the power that we want to believe we have. The coach answers to his boss, and that's it. That's the only we person. Wanna, we want to believe like he's to. a public official. And, right, correct. Yeah. Like we can demand certain things. It's not even, by the way, even those guys don't. Right. But like it don't work that way. And, and I had to accept that a long time ago in my line of work. But. It still seems like, as a as someone with, with PR in my background, it still seems like it would be nice if someone could grab it and say, "John, just don't don't make this don't nothing. make this any worse. Just say, you know what? Ideally, we would have liked to have gotten the ball to Keaton." And I bet that's what he comes out and says today. Today, when he when it comes up again in his press, oh, I don't even know if they're doing a press because they move yeah, into no, a it's game all week. Weird. Yeah, I don't. He won't do a press conference. He'll do a a podium setting tonight. But it's not quite the same. In the press conference, when he's sitting down and everybody else is sitting down and it's long form, it's when you get your best opportunity to have him say something reflective and say, you know what, we really would have. We would have liked to have gotten the ball there more. It didn't work that way, but we would have liked to have done that. And that's not really even an answer, but at least it's not. That's just how the game went. I also understand he's human, and they just lost a game, and he's frustrated. Though you know, like the, all those things are relevant. Media availability is scheduled for five thirty. Yeah, practicing at four. Yeah, yeah essentially, they're it's a night game. It's yeah. a night thing, right? I, don't, I haven't even looked at the rest of the week yet. I got I got the email, and I didn't bother to look at it because I don't I don't really cover the team anymore. So, what, what how's it going to affect me? Um, I. I feel like when we blame John Harbaugh, it's almost like we just need someone to blame. And we can't come up with it. Or it's not good enough for us to say we got to blame everybody. Here's the crazy part. I know the defense didn't play all that well yesterday. And yet, was it easy for you to come up with two defensive players for your list? No. Well, no. 
everybody that I want to put on my list, I'm like, well, he also made this play, and he also did like he did good things, and I, it's tough. It's tough. It's easier when you can just say that guy sucked. That was terrible. You're you you, but you can't do that yesterday. Truth is, Roquan Smith had 21 tackles. I don't even think he had that great of a game. I don't think he made a lot of it. Did, how many impact plays did Roquan Smith make yesterday? I don't think. Yeah, Versus, I mean, he just was the guy that made the tackle because there was a running back that got in the middle of the that field. got through yeah. the defensive line. So then you want to say, okay, well, it's on the defensive line, right? Well, I didn't think Michael Pierce played poorly yesterday. Jadavion Clowney, I don't think played had a great game, but he made some plays. Yeah. I, Justin Matabike got another half sack, like well, full sack, but I, <laughs> I don't know how to talk about it. I, it's insane, world. Roquan Smith might be on my list, and he had 21 tackles. Which is my way of deciding. I haven't decided who's number five on my list yet. When that segment starts, I will be deciding live on the air who's number five on my list because I have struggled mightily. And I know the defense didn't play well, but yet I have been. it's been terribly difficult for me to figure out who should be on the list defensively. And we can't just say we need to have something, a, a hotter take. This guy stinks. Like, no. Sometimes games just occur and it's weird. And I don't know what the conversation is going to be like on Friday morning after the Bengals game, but it might be that by Friday we've forgotten entirely about this. Not about the nature of seven blown losses or blown leads in the last two years, but the nature of this one specifically. The Pittsburgh thing we remember, everybody dropped the football. The Indianapolis thing, it was more similar to this. It yeah. was more like Time. just a, a stretch of eight bizarre things that all occurred, and you're like, what the F just happened? That's what this really was. It was a stretch of bizarre things, and us saying, what the F just happened? Today's show is brought to you by Superbook. If you had a rough weekend, then maybe it's the opportunity for you to make it up tonight. Bills favored by seven points against the Broncos. I th- I'll go primetime under. Oh, you love primetime under. Oh, last night, last night was 35 and a half. And my, I was like, I'm my, doing it blindly. My God. Under 35 and a half. It hits. Almost hit under 25 and a half. <laughs> Jesus. That was a good play. Uh, the line is out for Ravens-Bengals on Thursday night. Ravens minus four. Is that too rich for your blood? Sign up right now. Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Use the code GlennClark23 when you do, and you will receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose with Superbook. Download the app today. Use the code GlennClark23. Jonas Schaefer of the Baltimore Banner, can he make sense of it? I'm get, I read his column. I don't think he can either, but we're going to try. We're going to try to make sense of this. Jonas Schaefer joins us next. This is Glenn Clark, Glenn Clark Radio. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Todd Karpovich profiles the Orioles' survivors. Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Ryan Mancastle, who all came from the previous regime but stuck through tough times to be key pieces in guiding the franchise back to prominence. Also inside, we remember the iconic Brooks Robinson with tributes from Jim Henneman and myself, Stan the Fan Charles, and a trip down memory lane to remember the most significant moments of his career. Plus, we meet players from college basketball programs 
programs around the state. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along to holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on, where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas in at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR. Stan the Fan Charles, Ross Grimsley, Luke Jackson back in action tonight. They're doing a post-game show for the Rookie of the Year announcement. Of course, 6 o'clock, we are expecting to find out that Gunnar Henderson is the American League, well, at some point in the 6 o'clock hour, anyway. And then at 7 o'clock, Stan the Fan, Ross Grimsley, and Luke Jackson will hop on Facebook.com slash Sports and talk about... Gunnar Henderson presumably winning Rookie of the Year. You can watch the show live, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. If you miss it live, see it at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com slash video. Stan, Ross, and Luke tonight at 7. We continue to try to make sense of what happened yesterday, and I read this man's column, so I know it's not going to be easy for him to do it either. He is, of course, our friend Jonas Schaefer from the Baltimore Banner, and he's back with us here on GCR 
Jonas, it's always great to catch up. Uh, I figured you'd want to really dissect uh, the fact that the Maryland basketball can't hit a three and lost back-to-back games to Davidson and UAB. What a weekend for Baltimore sports and Maryland sports for the highlight of Maryland football. <sighs> yeah. Oh, boy, what a sentence that is. One of, and one of the worst football games I've ever seen in my life. And it was the best thing that happened. God, what a statement. All right, man. Um, I, I, I keep trying to say this. It's, it's way easier to talk about these things if there's one thing, right? Like if it was just the secondary constantly letting you down, then it's easier to talk about it and say, hey, the problem is the secondary or the problem is this. It, these, these seven games, these last two years with Lamar Jackson in which the Ravens have blown leads – Every single one of them either has different circumstances or a little bit of everything within the circumstances. Like, I, you can't point to any one thing yesterday and say, this is the reason why it came unglued. Everyone conspired. How do we possibly make sense of this continuing when there's, there's nowhere to look and say, hey, this is the reason why it's occurring? Yeah, I'm just as befuddled as you are. I, I don't know where to start. I don't know how you, you could do a, a power ranking of the Ravens' issues because, you know, sometimes it's Greg Roman giving up the ground game in Cleveland. Sometimes it's the Ravens' run defense fading against a, you know, a bad Steelers rushing pack late in that, uh, that game in Baltimore last year. Sometimes it's the Ravens' pass defense, you know, guys, hitting a certain snap count and not being available to stop Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell in Miami. It's been, you know, the Ravens being handed short fields against Indianapolis and not being able to get a single first down and give Justin Tucker a chance to, to win the game. It's, you know, it's one thing after another. You can't put your finger on it. There are obviously certain you know, variables or certain uh, constants in these games that the, the people who are playing the most amount of snaps. And I, I think it is, fair to wonder you know why Lamar Jackson can be this quarterback of capable of handing you blowout victories but in the fourth quarter has not been everything that we thought he could be should be would be so you know the the, it's a heavy crown to wear Mm -hmm. especially when you've been paid as much as he has I I think he's earned every bit of that contract you know this, this team is still probably the second best in the AFC and he has a lot to do with it but it's going to be a week of awkward questions, you know, to, to say nothing of the injury situations, because I don't know if the Ravens themselves have any better idea on what's going on than, than we can possibly hypothesize. Let's, let's, let's go there for a second, because I think that point is relevant looking at what the, AF play, the AFC playoff picture is likely to be. Like you're prob- the idea that your defense is going to be able to overwhelm, let's just say if in three straight weeks you had to play you know, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. The idea that your defense is going to be over overwhelm all of those guys, it seems like a fallacy. And to the point, like you just might have to show that you can outduel and and win that way. And it's not to say Lamar Jackson has never done that, but it feels like oddly, as the Ravens have been front runners so frequently, they just simply haven't been in those situations a whole lot during the course of his career. For him to have to go be that gunslinger in the fourth quarter that can go show you that he can win a duel like that. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if there was a, a turning point where he stopped becoming the clutch quarterback that he had been. I mean, I remember one of the marks 
against him early in his career, you know, maybe a year or two ago, was that he, he was not a clutch performer in the fourth quarter or in close games or whatever. And, and you know, some people came back with statistics and said, well, actually, this is his passer rating when it's close or when it's like five minutes or fewer. But last year, you know, there, there were problems closing out games. This year, you know, I looked at True Media last night, and, you know, when, when the score is within a margin of 14 points, when it's in the fourth quarter, his EPA per dropback among 40 qualifying quarterbacks is 35th. And that does not jive with the eye test from quarters one through threes. And, you know, it's, it's not a situation as simple as, well, Lamar is just throwing the, the game away. You, I mean, you look at uh, a play from, from yesterday's game where I think it's the second to last uh, possession that they have, or maybe their last, and they flowers to get an open Rashad Bateman's getting open, but two of the Ravens linemen yep. get knocked on their ass. Tyler Linderbaum and Patrick McCarry, within two seconds of the snap, are, are on their butt. And Lamar doesn't have anywhere to, to go with the ball because he can't step into the throw. So, you know, as the figurehead of this offense, he's, of course, going to take a, a disproportionate amount of blame, I think, from, from folks who, you know, are just kind of looking at the game at face value. But at, at a certain point, you've got to correct the narrative with uh, – you know, the, the kind of win that we saw, ironically enough, in Cincinnati or against Cincinnati in Baltimore last year, where he, he you know, put the team on his back on that four minute drive and, you know, dragged them into field goal range. Justin Tucker gave him the win and everyone was all smiles after that one because Lamar had led them to a victory. Uh, he is Jonas Schaefer, the Baltimore banner. He is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Jonas, I, you know, again, in like the, the, the finger pointing contest, it's I, I, I keep hearing it. And it's almost like I'm saying it, not knowing exactly what I'm saying. That in these situations, the buck stops with the head coach, right? And and I, mm-hmm. I, I that sentence is true. I'm not sure of how much what happened yesterday is on the head coach. Like I think it's insane that the delay of game occurred, but at the same time, I also think it's insane that the clock started when it did. So I, I, I'm not sure exactly how much to blame. I don't know if he had called timeout that they would have converted third and nine. I, I do think it's nuts that they just let the clock run out without calling timeout. And we're screaming and you know yelling at the officials, but not thinking, hey, let's not cost ourselves five yards in this spot. But at the same time, like I I both know that it's true that these things fall on the coach. I also don't know how it's his fault. Like That's the difficult part about this. Is it John Harbaugh's fault that there was a deflected pass that turned into a pick six in the fourth quarter yesterday? I'm not exactly sure what he's supposed to do. Yeah, it's you can't. Well, you can blame him for some of these closest losses that the Ravens have taken unexpectedly. You know, you can obviously point to him and say John Harbaugh was partly to blame for the clock management issues at the end of that Colts game, where they, the Ravens just did not do a right. good job communication-wise. But you know, you also have to be willing to give him credit for <laughs> having this team. Um, they're, they're probably still first in the NFL in point differential, you right, know, uh, right. and, and obviously I think Ravens fans would, would trade all the point differentials in the world if it meant they were 11 and one or whatever, you know, the, the, the record could be, would be, should be right now. But it, it's, it's tough, man. I, I don't, I don't know where to say the, the blame starts, and the blame ends. I, I know John Harbaugh has evolved his approach to coaching, over the years, you know, he, he, he was used to be a guy who ran one of the hardest training camps in the NFL, and he's eased back on that a little bit. And 
I remember that there's this Tony Jefferson interview that, that sticks out. And I, I think I might've actually shared it with you once where, you know, Tony said that the, the reason the Ravens were able to close out games so well at the start of the season was because, you know, this was a team that was just put through hell, relatively speaking in the preseason. So they were tougher, they were stronger minded than, than their opponents. And, you know, through the first couple of months this season, when they faced adversity in the fourth quarter, things haven't gone their way. I don't know how much of that to, to point to a, the folly of a small sample size, but it, it's a real, real thing. And it is just wild that this is a team that's trailed for less than a half hour and they have three losses this season. And that's, I keep coming back to that. Like how, how concerned should a Ravens fan be about all this? Well, I don't know to your, to what you just said, they're still a damn good football team. Like that's the part that can't be shaken. You wouldn't feel better about the team being seven and three. If the three losses were all games where they got blown out, You, you can't tell me that it would be better to lose a game the way that the chiefs did to the Broncos than to lose a game. Like I, I, I know we say those things sometimes and we just talk, well, I'd rather just sort of get my get your ass kicked. But that doesn't – you're not better if that happens. I, the Ravens are still a very good football team, and I'm not sure how concerned about to be about it. I, I, like, I, I have to imagine that at some point the Ravens are going to be up by 14 again, and the first thing we're going to say is, ah, you know, that so-and-so's got them right where they want them. But I, I, I don't know how to talk about it in an educated way because I can't pretend like all of a sudden this means the Ravens are bad or they're, everything's going to fall apart. They're clearly a very good football team that has this weird problem, frankly, handling prosperity. Yeah. I mean, to, to your point about not really knowing how to talk about it, I, I was, I remember thinking when the Ravens were playing the Bengals in what week two, week three, and they, they get to the goal line. And of course, you know, me being the smart ass that I am, I'm, make the tweet about how, you know, oh, the Ravens are at the one-yard line of the Bengals. Uh, what could possibly go wrong? And right. the Ravens scored a touchdown, and they scored a lot of touchdowns in that game. They had no problem with their red zone offense. The red zone offense has not been the problem this season that it was last year. Uh, you know, proof positive that, that a team can change its stripes with, in, in the span of just one offseason, in the span of just one year. So I, I don't think the Ravens' habit of blowing games is a death sentence to their, their postseason prospects. I would more, be more concerned about, you know, the status of Marlon Humphrey, of Ryan Stanley, of Lamar Jackson's right. deep balls. There's so many things that, as a component, individually, I think are more relevant than, you know, just the variance of NFL games. I think you, as you pointed out, Glenn, you go up enough times and there are bound to be some games where that 14-point, margin becomes a three-point deficit that's just how football goes but it's a good team and if 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 it wants to continue to be a good team it's got to take care of business down the stretch you know i think raven fans are understandably scarred by how these past two seasons have gone if lamar stays healthy they should be in pretty good shape but (laughs) i think it's a you know, you kind of, it's a heart and throat moment, I think, right now for a lot of Ravens fans, probably. Uh, I know how much you dive into these things. The, the complaint that is <clears throat> not running the ball generally enough uh, or not giving the ball to Keaton Mitchell specifically enough, I, I, I always want to be careful with those things because I feel it myself. And then I have to go back and look at plays and say, hey, where could they have run the ball? And acknowledge that, hey, part of the problem simply in the second half is they didn't have the ball enough. Whatever they were doing, wasn't working. It's not like they threw the ball 50 times in the second half. They 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 just they didn't have the ball much in the second half of yesterday's game. It, is it 
a fair thing. You know, it was something that you, as you talked about with Greg Roman a year ago, this is a new offensive coordinator, and it seemed to be a problem. Is it fair to say they got away from the run versus they just didn't have the ball enough to establish the run in the second half? This is a historic Browns rush defense. I think we should stop there. You know, they were number one in the NFL in DVOA uh, run defense coming into this game. Uh, you know, the, the Ravens were wildly successful against them in, in that first half of the first game, and, and it was obviously successful again on Sunday for stretches there. I, I think my issue with, with the Keaton Mitchell situation comes down to not the the amount of touches, but just the lack of opportunities. You know, he, he was on the field, Glenn, for yeah. four offensive plays yeah. Sunday in, in that second half, which, which is remarkable. And one of those plays should have gone for a lot of yards. Yeah, he was if, wide if open. You remember yep. the, well, no, no, no. There was another one. If you remember the, the kind of read option that Lamar had. I think oh, yeah, in the, in the middle the of the last, field. Yeah, on the last drive where yep. he stopped after one yard carry. Justice Hill and Keaton Mitchell in that backfield. He, 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 you know, plays out the read. He holds onto the ball. And if Tyler Linderbaum just gives him like a yard more leeway where he doesn't have to bend his pass back, he might rip off a 30 yarder. There, there was everyone on that Browns defense aside from the deep safety was blocked up. And that could have been a situation where, yeah, Keaton Mitchell didn't get the ball, but the mere threat of him getting the ball was enough to you know, rejigger that Browns defense and create a lot of gravity for Lamar. But Darius Smith tears off the edge. He dies. He trips up Lamar. And, you know, a couple of plays later, the Ravens are punting, and that's the last time they had the ball. It's a weird day, man. It was a weird, weird. All of these games are weird, right. man. Even right? <laughs> right? Just sort of keep looking up like, what is going on here? What is happening? Uh, Jonas, I know you guys have started doing some podcasts. What all can we plug for you, man? Yeah, uh, you know, Paul Mancano and I do a Banner Ravens podcast uh, every twice every week, uh, aside from this week, just because it's a, a short week. So just half hour of audio goodness in your ears, uh, just breaking down each game, previewing each game. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, just a, you know, a bit of the the kind of coverage that we like to do at the Sun uh, or at the Banner. Uh, just a, you know, creative, <laughs> innovative, numbers heavy, the, the kind of stuff that. That we, we find our, our, our readers tend to like. Yeah, it is a weird day, isn't it? Even even Jonas, old habits die hard. Old habits. At Jonas underscore Schaefer, of course, is how you follow him on Twitter. Always appreciate you, brother. Thanks for taking the time for us. Thanks, man. Be good. Jonas Schaefer with us here on GCR. Hey, man. Man, man, man. Nobody's got the answers. Nobody's got them. I criticize all of them. All of them. I already had somebody say, you're really criticizing a guy that had 21 tackles yesterday? Yeah. Because I don't think 21 tackles tell the whole story of what happened. I still don't know yet if he's making the list or not. I don't know. I am still struggling. I have not put number five in pen just yet. But I, I just think that tackles aren't all made equally. And sometimes you have a high number of tackles because you are dominating the game. And sometimes running backs are running right into you. And you're just the guy that's there to clean it up. I think there are other statistics that are better suited. Now, unfortunately, I don't have access to all of them today. But 
weird game. Weird, weird game. When we come back in, we will we will go over our picks from the week. And we'll dish out those slaps to the helmet. Who deserves to, to smacks to the helmet this time? Smacks? Yeah. Why why? Cause, What's cause different? Batting, yeah. You don't it, think it, a slap is done, enough? No, yeah. I don't think I don't think You it think is we enough. need to be more violent? Yeah, because they keep doing this. They don't, the slaps don't scare them, apparently. <laughs> I'm starting to think Griffin wants to spank them on their bottom. If that will make them win games, then yeah. Ah, um, today's show is brought to you by the print issue of PressBox, which is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. Uh, Todd Karpovich did a great story about the position players from the Dan Duquette regime that stayed through to help the Orioles turn things around. A lot of college basketball in there, as well as Brooks Robinson tributes. It's all inside this new print issue of Press Box. We'll do uh, picks recap and slaps to the helmet, or smacks to the helmet yeah. next. Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of Press Box and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, November 21st at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Costas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steamed crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria. A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to 
to see the full list of parades, and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or youtube.com slash pressboxonline. All right, back in here on... GCR. Let's get into it. It's time to recap our picks weekend. As I was like feeling pretty good, and then a couple of things kind of went the other way. The truth is, we all did about the same this weekend. It's it is the damnedest thing. It yeah. I mean, there's eleven people in our league. Nine of us finished with either four or five wins on the week. On the other side. Only one person had six, and only one person had three. It was There was not a lot of variance this week in our picks league. Uh, uh, when we do picks, we, of course, are playing for some cash at the top of the table. At the bottom of the table, we're trying to avoid being the one that's got to come in here dressed as the Notre Dame mascot after taking an Irish dance lesson, performing said Irish dance, performing zombie and nothing compares to you, as well as consuming blood sausage, tripe, and haggis as prepared. I, I want to say, uh, my guy Tim in Bel Air, I love you. Um, let me pull the curtain back. I completely forgot that I wanted to do a push for another um, in-season tournament pool. Frankly, nobody cares about the in-season tournament pool. It was tough to fill the first one. So Tim, on Friday night, sent me $100. So... Tim, I'm putting you in. We're going to do a raffle. I'm going to put you, take your, God bless you. I love you. Tim is one of the best people I've ever known. Despite the fact that he's an attorney. I mean, like, I, I don't know how. <laughs> he can both be a good person and an attorney. It's the damnedest thing. Um, But, Tim, I'm going to put your, you're going to get four spots in the raffle. I also know what you're going to tell me, Tim. You're going to say, Glenn, you know I don't want to win anything. Well, too bad. Tough. Yeah. Give it to somebody. We know one of the prizes for the raffle is going to be this helmet that I've been having all the various players sign all season long, and there'll be other raffle prizes. So, Tim, you've got four spots in that, and I'll give you some details about that uh, probably in the next week, I think. i got to nail down a couple other prizes. for. I wanna, I, I'm trying to make it so there's like five prizes for the raffle this year, but we will do that. And, Tim, you've got the first, uh, you've got the first four spots. And then I just got to figure out a couple other things. We're working on all the details for our helping up uh, donate. But thank you, Tim, who's also going to come in and prepare all of those things and is excited about it. But he got in, uh, as he always does, to help us out as we try to help helping up. Love you, buddy. So that's what's at stake for the loser in our competition. Of course, there could be a vice loser as well. And the smallest bit of separation now for the vice loser the vice loser, if they lose only to Jeremy Kahn, who came into the contest late, the vice loser has to go by themselves to see Creed next summer. So, here's where we are. This week, first game, Nebraska-Maryland, as we were just talking about with uh, our buddy Jonas Schaefer. One of the worst football games I've ever seen. And I didn't even get to see it because I was doing my own game. I just sort of had it on. and I'm like, what is going on? Nebraska, all they want to do is give the ball back to Maryland. And all Maryland wants to do is 
Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Terrible, terrible football game. But ultimately, Maryland wins 13-10. to 10. And since the line was 2.5, that means they cover. And so, um, <clears throat> oh, God, sorry. Only That's Griffin, okay. Paul, Kyle Ottenheimer, and John Proctor were on the Terps. They all get that point. Maryland right. very importantly gets bowl eligible. They are very much in line, the uh, the Meineke Car Care Bowl or yeah. whatever. The, you know. I, I don't yeah. like their chances in their last two games. I think they're going to finish 6-6. Six and six. But that's bowl eligible for the third straight year. Maybe they'll get a MAC team or something, yeah. Playing in a, an exotic location like yeah. Detroit. It's been a few years since they've been in the Detroit Bowl, so everybody wears their uh, mechanic. That's the cool part about that bowl. They all wear their mechanic shirts when they go play in the Detroit the Bowl, whatever it's called. The Pacer Bowl? There's a, it, I don't know. It was the Quick Lane Bowl at one point. Uh, I don't know what they call it anymore. Uh, Michigan did not need – by the way, yes, we've all seen the video with what's-his-face after the game. Do you have that, by the way? Uh, it's the most embarrassing yeah. clip of the year by far. And, and the, the, the language is violent – or not violent. The language is – what, am I Adult. What, was, what was his name again? Shirt, shirt, Sharon Moore. Is that his name, right? That the Michigan, the interim head coach who coached against Penn State uh, for, sorry, let me, uh, Sharon Moore. Yes, I had it right. Look at that. Sharon Moore is the interim head coach for Michigan. And he, they beat Penn State. They barely throw the ball. It's, it's a laughable football game. But they win, and Sharon Moore gets called over to do the post-game interview. Is that Jenny Taft who does the interviews for that crew? I can't I remember so. who it is. Yeah. So he gets called over to do the post-game interview, and he is very emotional. And it's theater of the absurd. It's the it, it it's just people who are separated from reality. Now, Penn State people are the last people that should probably make fun of him because, remember, Penn State people are the people that a few years ago believed that they were the victims of 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 someone grooming and molesting children. That they were the victims. So Penn State people also detached from reality. But this guy, Sharon Moore, speaking on behalf of many, many Michigan supporters who are utterly and completely detached from reality at the moment, Sharon Moore colorful language here adult content alert we'll be back come back in 60 seconds Sharon to win on the road in this environment when there were doubts Sharon what does it mean to you well I thank the Lord well I thank Coach Harbaugh fucking love you man love the shit out of you man this is for you for this university the president our AD, we got the best players, best university, best alumni in the country. Love you guys. These fucking guys right here. These guys right here, man. These guys did it. These guys did it, man. Talk to him, man. Love you. Holy hell. Get a hold of yourself. Being emotional about a win. I'll never be upset about a coach who's emotional about a win. It is not easy to do. It's not. I mean, I get it. When Alabama plays Coastal Carolina, actually, Coastal Carolina doesn't suck. When Alabama plays Alabama State, yeah, yeah, like you could say that's easy to do. But being emotional about a win isn't a problem. It's this world they've created for themselves, 
where they are somehow victims, where they are somehow, everybody's out to get us, where they've created some new reality. And maybe it'll work for them, right? Like like (laughs) maybe doing this, the rest of the world will make fun fun of them for it, but maybe it'll continue to work for them to try to insulate and just say everybody it's the it's the children who are wrong everyone else is wrong we're right maybe that'll continue to work for them it's utterly and completely detached from reality but perhaps it'll continue to be successful bizarro stuff but michigan won fairly handily on saturday Penn State they had to fire their uh, offense coordinator after the game because James Franklin needed a scapegoat so that nobody talked about him Although everybody was firing coaches. I don't know why this week was the week where all the coaches got fired. Jimbo gets fired. Yeah. Uh, I guess Mississippi State fired their coach. I see Boise State fired yeah, their Boise coach. Yeah, Boise State fired their coach. That like, was, they've th- been, all man. this week. Like wh- I don't know why this week was the week to go on a, a coach firing spree. Week 11 of the college football season, you know what they say. Uh, do that, or die, what do, do they or, say? Do or die. Do or die. I've never heard him say anything <laughs> at all. Is there something that they say? It's very weird. Do or man. die week. Very weird. Uh, who was good thing Maryland State? won. Griffin That's... was on Penn State. Yeah, right. It's a good point. <laughs> Proctor was on Penn State. John and Little Rock was on Penn State. Jeremy was on Penn State. So they all missed that one. Uh, Georgia Ole Miss for like a moment at the beginning of the game. I think yeah, Ole Miss that... scored first, and you were like, "Oh, maybe there's gonna be it was a like game 14 here." Fourteen to fourteen, and then you blink, and it was yeah. twenty-eight fourteen. Yep. And that's again still without Brock Bowers. Georgia wins. Comfortably, uh, there was only uh, Kyle Ottenheimer, KZ, and Steck were all on Ole Miss. Unbelievable that we are all on Houston, and we all nailed it. Some talk today, and I haven't looked at the odds at Superbook. Again, all of our odds come from Superbook. Superbook.com, download the Superbook app. Use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up, and you'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. Again, Superbook.com or the Superbook app. They do not have MV. They do not have MVP up for you to bet on in Superbook. That's a shame because I wanted to find out. All right, let me let me go. I will. Yeah. We're not gonna we're not gonna advertise where, but I just want to look somewhere else because I've seen a lot of rumblings about C.J. Stroud perhaps moving mm. up in the MVP, MVP conversation. Now it would require likely the Texans would have to make the playoffs for this to become a thing, but I do think that at the moment it is at least worth monitoring is the way that I would say it. Um, C.J. Stroud is the sixth choice in another market that I'm looking at right now. Mahomes still the favorite, followed by Hertz, Tua, Lamar, and uh, Lamar and Tua are tied as the third favorite. Josh Allen and then C.J. Stroud tied with Joe Burrow as the sixth choice for MVP at the moment. He's been unbelievable, man. Yes. It's it's funny because I last week I said it is Stroud versus Allen, but I'm realizing that like if this week if I I might even just run it back and set it as Stroud versus Burrow, and tell me which quarterback you'd rather have for the next eight years. Crazy that I'm saying that, right? It's crazy. It's Joe Burrow. That's how good C.J. Stroud has been. He's been unbelievable, and they're doing this right now without Nico Collins, correct? Yeah, yeah. Nico was out again. <sighs> I mean, Noah, making Noah Brown. I mean, Noah Brown had another hundred yard did. day. Yeah. He did. He did. I definitely did not start him anywhere. I had him on the bench. Every I only have him in one league. I think. Uh yeah, that was a that was a hell of a performance, man. That was a, a unbelievable effort to take his team back down the field 
and uh, go win that game. So not only does Houston cover, but they went outright, and John Proctor, the lone wolf, the lone wolf on Cincinnati at home, lost by 10 points. The uh, Saints and the Vikings, the Dobbs story continues. It, it continues to be one of the cooler stories. I'm not suggesting that the Vikings are going to win a Super Bowl or something like that, but yeah. it's a it's a cool story, man. It's a really, really cool story as uh, they not only cover, but they went outright. Myself, Griffin, John Proctor, and Jeremy were on the Vikings there. Um, Vegas was off, much closer to being right about Pittsburgh Green Bay than I thought they were. I thought that number was off by a few points. It was only off by one. Off by one point as the Steelers won by four. Uh, Stecka, Jeremy, and Paul were on Green Bay and missed that one. I was on Jacksonville, and I've I mean, never been more wrong about anything ever. Holy F. And ass-kicking. At one point, Ken Zalas looked at me because we were, again, watching the game to get games together yesterday, or the game, and he said, it was 20-3. to three. He's like, I don't know, dude, but they're on the one-yard line. <laughs> and I was like, all right, maybe there's still a chance here. And then, like, five seconds later, he's like, bro, I don't know what happened, but it says that it's now 26-3 to three the other way. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Like, what the hell uh, is going on? Um, yeah, uh, Trent Williams bat- being back, I mean. It helps. There's no doubt. It helps. San Francisco destroys Jacksonville on the road coming out of the bye. Um, it, we were pretty split on that one. Myself, Griffin, John Proctor, Nick. and Nick Kelly and yeah. Jeremy Kahn were all on Jacksonville. Um, the late game was a thriller, but it was a push. The only late game we were on was Detroit, Los Angeles, and unfortunately, as uh, one, it wasn't the game that was on local TV. The only game you could watch here, the Commanders. Oh no, it was on local TV. They yeah, yeah they showed it on CBS. Yes, oh, okay. it was on local okay. TV. Sorry. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. It was the Ravens game TV. was the only yep, correct the one o'clock. Um, it was a push as Detroit holds on to win by three. There were five games yesterday that ended on a game winning. Game time expiring field goal, which is kind of crazy, right? Like yeah. you don't see that a whole lot. Uh, Detroit was one of those in a thriller yesterday, so that's a push there. And then of course the Cleveland Baltimore thing. Only John in Little Rock, Ryan Chell, and Jeremy Kahn were on Cleveland, and that made all the difference for Ryan Chell because it led him to a sixth win, and he was the high water mark for the week. And oh digs himself a little bit of separation at the bottom of the table from Paul Valley. Ryan goes 6 and 2. On the bottom end, Andrew Stecka went 3 and 5 yesterday. Again, pretty good week when the worst week was 3 and 5. Everybody else was either 4 and 4 or 5 and 3 yesterday. It was very muddled. So here's where we are now. Tied at the top of the table, Nick Kelly and Ken Zalis. Wow. Both sitting at 53 and 42. Then one game back, myself and John and Little Rock, both 52 and 43. Two games back, John Proctor and Kyle Ottenheimer. Three games back now, Andrew Stecka. So a little bit of a step back for Stecka yeah. this week. I'm coming, I'm coming for him now. Griffin, suddenly within two games of Andrew Stecka and five games Got back. Got life. Tied with Ryan Chell. Currently sitting in the Scott Stat position, we find Paul Valley, 56 and 40, or 46 and 49. Not bad, by the way. You're only three games 500, and you're in last place of the original group. Pretty good year for the group. Uh, Jeremy Kahn still not really making up ground. Gives a game back to Paul this week. So he's 18 games back mm. as we're it, hitting about I, the midway yeah. point of the season. It's going to get close to like making up two games Really, it's getting to that point. So that's where we are as far as picks are concerned. Now, slaps to the helmet or smacks to make Griffin happy. 
You know the deal. You got to pick five Ravens. Most deserving of scoring for their performance in a loss. Rank them five to one. Two must be offensive players. Two must be defensive players. A lot of you trying to, to cheat today. I've had some people give me both John Harbaugh and Todd Munkin. Can't do it. Some people tried to give me the entire offensive line. Can't do it. Got to pick them. And it's hard. I get it. It's a hard week. It's some weeks it's hard to pick because there's a lot of candidates on the good side. This week, it's not just that there's a lot of candidates. It's like there's not there's a not clear, the standout. Yeah. Like, it's definitely this guy's fault, which is probably what happens when you only lose by one point on the final play of the game, or two points, sorry, on the final play of the game. So here we go. My number five. This was hard, but Roquan did not make the list. I default to Kyle Van Noy because the penalty was bad. It, it's I hate it because you can talk about should should the hit have been penalized? I don't know. Did it seem like there was some taunting involved that could have been penalized? Yeah, probably. But you can't take that penalty there. And it ultimately led to three points for the Browns. And how many points did you lose by? Two. Okay. Can't let him off the hook. Kyle Van Noy is my number five. Yeah, I was very close to putting Kyle Van Noy on there. Um, I elected he would have been my sixth. But uh, I went with Brandon Stevens as my number five. Um, <laughs> I know you hate Brandon Stevens. He's I, not good in coverage. No, I know, no, I know. Not, that part's not true. He, I don't think he had a great game yesterday. I don't think he did. And the one I do think was on him. But the part where you say he's not good in coverage is not you are that is you Everyone's detaching from reality. Tillman is no, Elijah it's Moore not. is getting open we, on everyone. We, we have different deter, determined numbers that show that that's not true. It doesn't fit your narrative, and I I'm not. This is a weird one because I'm not going to be. Play. No, no, no. It's not Griffin. You keep trying to say things like you're smarter than everybody else. We have numbers. We have coverage ratings. He's not getting beat on every play. He's played really well this season incredibly well in fact you're wrong and, flatly yeah and you it's, don't get and to it's create a, a new spot. reality it's a tough spot for him because marlon humphrey is now down once again and it's part of the reason why i'm not necessarily panicked also marlon humphrey tweeting you know sending out a weird tweet last yeah. night like we'll see you on thursday night like what will we yeah that'd be cool will we i'm interested gonna get the aaron Rodgers blood I, i'm fine with him being on the list yesterday but you got you can't keep trying to say i know better than fact that you can't keep spitting in the face of fact Brandon Hunt, Brandon Stevens is having an excellent season. I don't think he was great yesterday. He definitely wasn't a candidate for my list, but I have, again, it was a tough day, so I'll give you a pass on that. But you're letting your perceived notions, the things that you want to be fact, replace fact. Brandon Stevens has played really well this season, is not a liability in coverage, has all of these things are not true. I'm I'm sick of seeing receivers make catches while he's five yards away, so... Brandon Stevens is my five. Number four for me is Broderick Washington. Somebody on the defensive line had to speak for a defensive line performance that was awful. I mean, was just abominable, and he's the one that did the least. I, I, I It's hard for me with defensive linemen to determine exactly who had the worst game, but as I said, like I don't think Michael Pierce made some plays yesterday. Other guys, I don't think Justin Matabike had a great day yesterday, but he made a couple of plays. Broderick Washington didn't do anything. So on a day where somebody had to speak for the defensive line, Broderick Washington speaks for the defensive line. Um, my second defensive player is Patrick Queen here. Um, he missed several tackles. I know David Njoku what became you know Jerome Bettis there in the second half, and but David he Njoku bounced. Always does this against like, the Ravens. I mean, he, it's, but it's bizarre, man. During that that quarter long drive, David Njoku when he came alive, uh, Patrick Queen missed like two or three tackles on David Njoku specifically that drive, and that stuck with me. And I couldn't when he was driving Geno Stone. 
uh, halfway down the field, Patrick Queen came up to try, and he just flailed at him and bounced right off. And, it, you know, it make any one of those tackles, who knows what happens. But, on a, on, yeah, not a great day, uh, or what was a tough day to pick out any single defender. Those stuck out to me as well. My number three, and it, this was the tough one, is where do you put Lamar on the list? I came to number three. Uh, I, I can't pretend like Lamar is the reason why they lost the game. But is he part of it? Absolutely. He missed a touchdown to Zay Flowers. The interception in the direction of Bateman apparently was on him. Or or maybe he's just a really good guy and decided to... I I don't know. Bateman's maybe getting enough. I don't know, know, man. But, like, the fact that he so quickly said that was on him kind of makes it seem like that's what the answer really is, is that he realized, like, oh, crap, you did what you were supposed to do on that one, and I threw it to the wrong spot. Which is, of course, different than the one earlier in the season, which we all agree was on Bateman. Those things are are real. Some of it is the the other stuff, the stuff that Griffin likes to. Well, he's the quarterback. That's nonsense. That's just just pure nonsense. But the practical things that that was a touchdown, and you missed it. That. That was a bad interception. I, I got to look at more at the deflect. I don't really know what the throwing lane was there on the deflected interception. It, I can't put the interception on him, right, because it's a goofy batted ball that like, just things happen. But I'm not sure how high percentage that was to begin with. It seemed like it, it was a... It wasn't like there was a whole a huge area to run if he got in the ball to the outside... And it was a difficult throw to make because you had to contort right. in order to try to make it. Like throwing a pump fake, maybe. Like that's the only thing I, you could argue. But so still, I, it's... I can't put the pick on him, but I still don't know that it was a high-level play that was there to be made. So, again, it's difficult to measure it, but that's the spot where I felt comfortable Lamar Jackson, number three on the list. Um, for all those reasons, I put him, yes, a notch higher. Uh, on my list. This is where my offensive lineman was. I put Ronnie Stanley right He's here. He's number two on my list. Ronnie Stanley, uh, I mean, yeah, the D-line got to them. He, It, it was between McCary and Ronnie Stanley, mm-hmm. but then it came down to one of them is an all-pro right. offensive yep. lineman who is yep. getting paid to be one of the best left tackles in the league. And the back-to-back sacks at the end of, third, end of the third quarter, they have Ricard on his side uh, trying to help with one of them. And then at the end of the play when Lamar is on the ground, Ronnie Stanley is standing there facing no one on both of these plays on the back-to-back sacks. And it's 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 getting – I know it's Zadarius Smith and Miles Garrett, and no, not a lot of guys are right. able to block them, but right. you're just supposed to be one of the guys that can. Correct. Correct. It's It's been a tough – you know, I, I keep defaulting back to – I think the Ravens are still better when Ronnie Stanley is on the field. So I hope that there is good news that will be coming, but – we have to talk about it. It is not as obvious as it has been at other times about how much better they've they've been with Ronnie Stanley on the field. And again, Griffin's point is well taken. He's number two on my list. That's a, an unbelievable front. But still, what happened happened, right? Like you can't just say, "Well, they're really good." Well, you got to go play, and you got your butt kicked. So somebody had to speak for the offensive line, and I'm with you. Ronnie Stanley is the one that speaks for the offensive line. He's my number two. Um. At the top of the list, if you just want to put John Harbaugh because you just say it's on the head coach, I get it. I went with Todd Munkin at one. And I I don't even like that, right? Like, it was hard for me to put anybody at one on this list. They all felt like they belonged at three. Everybody felt like I should have five threes. 
felt like Stanley could be top two, or top, well, I guess I guess I had Stanley at three too. Yeah, I like yeah, it's what I felt. Three. I felt it's, like anybody could be number three on the list because it's hard to say that anybody was awful, but ultimately the offense wasn't good enough. It just wasn't. Kind of plain and simple. And seven of the points they got because they were handed a short field after a muff punt. Seven of the points obviously were a pick six from Kyle Hamilton. Like they, you see a big number, you see like they scored thirty one. They scored thirty one points. Well, they scored seventeen. Right? Like mm-hmm. really? And that's not true because Walk they field had field goal in there. And like I, it's. I just didn't think they were good enough and. I did think that it was disjointed. In the first half, I thought it was weird how much they were still... And it's it's a damn if you do thing. If they run the ball and lose, then we're going to scream it about getting too conservative. But it felt weird. It felt like it was forced. It almost felt like you were working on Lamar Jackson's MVP campaign. Well, you know, everybody's criticizing him. He's only thrown for for nine touchdowns. Let's go. We got a big lead. Let's go put up a huge number. It just felt weird in the second quarter yesterday and never was righted from that point on. So because of it, Todd Munkin speaks. He's number one on my list. Yeah. For my wild card, I mean, I also wanted to consider Ben Cleveland for getting blown up on the block field goal. Sure. Um, but I, John Harbaugh is, is my it's number fine. one here. I'm, I'm, I'm putting the blame, you know, on him for, you know, there's the delay game at the end of the game. The inex- the, the That's the only no, one that I can explain- specifically put it. For, uh, for Keaton Mitchell. <laughs> not being do with the more. game. What? You can't. <laughs> You can't, but he could. He should have known. I mean, you you got to figure he knows the game plan. And if Keith Mitchell is only you know scripted five touches, I, I it, after what he did last week on on ten on his ten touches, you know it's and and then what he did so it, already on the two touches that he, the the first what was it two or three touches he got responsible for sixty yards. Um. So yeah, John Harmel. Right. I don't one. I don't have a problem with it, but <laughs> your reasoning is a little like. That to me, I, I, we like to do this. We like to say, want, well, the coach has to come in and intercept and, and step in the way. That's not really how these things work. Yeah, like, I, at ha- it, it, there could be an opinion. Like, you can say, hey, man, you know, but like, that's not really how these things work when it comes to calling games. And you don't really want that either. You don't want your coach meddling in how the games are called. That's a bad idea. You don't want to set that precedent where, like, the coach can say, I'm going to call the play. It, but he, and he's supposed to be known for you – know, John Harbaugh is known for oh, special, special teams. Team. But that's not – again, and that's not his role on this team. Yeah. Like, I, we, this is the difficult part is we want to put him on – and maybe we say, you're going to have to, right? Like, it's gone so poorly, you're going to have to spend a little bit more time. I'll listen to that. I'll listen to it. All right, that's the list. Uh, we'll get them up at glennclarkradio.com in a bit. When we come back in, our pal Jeremy Kahn will check in with us as he does every Monday. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org hotels. 
Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of Press Box and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, November 21st at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? AJ Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4, available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? All right, back in here on GCR. I need to tell you guys, as you know, we're going to be doing our Helping Up charity drives this year, and we'll be putting those things together. I got to get with Jeremy about a drinking show this year. That's that's always part of it. But this week, as we get ready for Thanksgiving, I'm going to ask you to think about taking care of another charity here locally. This week specifically... I, once again, am part of our friend A.J. Francis's annual food drive to benefit Sarah's house uh, just outside of Fort Meade. This Saturday, when Maryland plays Michigan, A.J., you remember, played at Maryland, played years in the NFL, has been in WWE for a long time. 
AJ's back in town, and we will be collecting non-perishable food items before the Maryland-Michigan game. So anyone going to the game this Saturday, please bring with you your non-perishable food items. We will be at every gate collecting them before the Maryland-Michigan game. On top of that, I get it. It's not a very inspiring time to be going to a Maryland football game. If for some reason you say, dude, I want to help, but I'm just not going to the game, hit me up this week. You can bring him over here to the, the, the studio. I can come meet you somewhere. I'll get your non-perishable food items from you this week to take with me to the game on Saturday. And if even that is too much and you just want to say, hey, dude, um, I'd like to support. You can send me a, a Venmo, uh, Glenn-Clark, PayPal Glenn-Clark180, and just put in the note for AJ Francis Food Drive. I go on Friday of this week every year, and I buy like an entire grocery store's worth of ramen noodles to take down with me to the food drive, and it'll mean more ramen noodles than I'm able to purchase. So please, if you're headed to the game on Saturday, Maryland, Michigan, bring your non-perishable food to help uh, AJ and uh, our family take care of Sarah's house down outside Fort Meade. And if you're not, hit me up this week, and we will arrange it. I'll get stuff from you, or you can you can send me some money, and we'll go get some more that we can take to donate on Saturday. Cool? Capiche? Appreciate it. It is Monday. That means we hook up with our friend Jeremy Kahn, who's back with us here on the program. What's going on, buddy? How are you? All I know is I've been going over Sarah's house every week, and I'm tired of eating freaking ramen. Can you get some beef jerky or something? Just like you know, splurge for something else. Dude, you don't. You're not actually tired. I'm not kidding about this. So my kid got his tonsils taken out last week, and we're huh? de- we're dealing with the like you know he don't. <laughs> there's only so much ice cream he can eat. Um, yeah. And so last night he really wanted ramen noodles, and he only ate about half of the bowl, and I was like, oh baby, oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Everybody walks away. I'm like going back into the pot, like taking a spoon right to the pot. And I'm like, why do I still like I know that I shouldn't. Why do I still enjoy ramen noodles like I was a seven year old? What is it about me? I don't even like eating noodles or pasta anymore because I know it's unhealthy for me. But damn it, if it doesn't bring me back to a time in my life where I have great joy. I miss Oriental flavor. Oh, Didn't man. they change the name of it to something else I now? Is there... I think you're right about that. I don't remember what it is. Like soy sauce did. flavor or something they call it? I, I, I was okay. When I moved to Arizona, I was utterly broke, right? Like I was 22 or whatever I was, and I was completely broke. Had n- not no pot to piss in. And I didn't mind because I loved ramen noodles. <laughs> like <laughs> I was like, you mean I got to live off ramen noodles and peanut butter and jelly for the next few weeks? Like. I'm going to be okay. I, I can do this. Yeah. I'm trying to think, remember being at my poorest when I was an adult. Um, and, like, you know, the ramen noodles thing was definitely an in or cup of noodles, depending on which one. I always preferred cup of noodles over ramen. Really? Um, oh, yeah, no, that's not I. Yeah, just as a kid, as I got older, it changed. Oh, but um, I would almost fight you over but, that. Like, that's like when somebody tells me that they prefer Easy Mac. I'm like, get the entire F out of here with that. Easy. No, you I, I like cup of noodles. I like to drain all the juice out of it and then just uh, uh, eat it, you know. But, like, um, and I, I did microwave that thing that wasn't supposed to be microwaved every damn what's time. Wrong so God knows what's, what's wrong with system. you? Yeah, right? What's <laughs> wrong with you? Why is my cup melted? I, um, I, I, you know, it's funny because I remember when I was the poorest as an adult and it was after I played your picks yesterday, Jeremy, what the hell? What's going on? Did you see my picks yesterday? They were so freaking bad. Oh man. Like the NFL has been kicking my ass and 
it's so frustrating. Like, I've been fine in college. Like, things have been good in college. Yesterday, like, it's it's been such a public league. Now, everybody knows about it, and I was even talking to Griffin about last night's total, that all the totals on the, the, the unders on the primetime games are all the plays. And I love the over in the Patriots game. That was my lock. <clears throat> drive down the field, kick a field goal. Colts drive down, score a touchdown. I'm like, all right, they're moving the ball. Yeah. And then nothing until the fourth quarter nothing. except missed field goals. And – so, yeah, it was a terrible pick. But, like, it's not just as easy as everyone going, oh, my God, every primetime game goes under. Let's just do that. But it has been that easy. And am I the idiot for not changing? Because as soon as I change and go, you know what, I'm going with the public, they're going to lose. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to keep staying the way I've been going, and it's going to turn back in my favor. I know. I, I have no doubt. Can we address the fact that you have not made up ground in our picks contests? Like, can we address the Yeah, fact and I had one good week, and that was it. Yeah. Uh, and that was the week that everybody had a good week, unfortunately. So you're uh, you're 18 games back. Okay. And we're in week 11. Are, are you, this sucks. Are you still feel- Who came up with this idea of me to join late? What a terrible idea this was on your behalf. I still just need one. I just need one of these these cats to just totally S the bed like I am. So, and then so me to turn it around. Paul Valley, for what it's worth has about as bad of a win percentage as you do. He's 46 and 49 on the year. You're 28 and 32. So yeah. he's your best hope for there to be a, a falling off the face of the planet. But are are you making peace with the fact that you might have to start looking for who would be willing to give you Irish dance lessons here in the next couple of weeks? Not yet. I think I could figure that out. I could probably just watch it on YouTube and just ate no, it. But I'll no, really take the course. No, no, but- no, you have. That's the rule. You have to take a no, lesson. No, no, I, I did say that. All I right. said I think I could still just look it up on YouTube and ace it. But I will go through. All uh, right. If I lose, which I still don't think I am, but I'm also an idiot, um, I'll go through all <laughs> the things that I said I would you do. Wanna, you want to double down somehow? You want to add to it at this point? <laughs> yeah. uh, is this what we're going to do now? Like, what, am I, what could I win? Because you know I'm a confident Well, you know we added. And you, I like punishment. Hang on a second. You know we added for the, the vice loser, if they only lose to you, that person has to go by themselves to a Creed show next summer. Yikes. Yeah. But at least Finger Eleven's playing, too. There is that. Finger Eleven is on. Is there somebody else on that tour, too? Somebody that we've we've heard of? Isn't uh, It's like Three Doors Down. I do like it? Paralyzer. That I do. Such, that I, is I, a great tune. I'm not going to lie. I like that song, and I like the, what was the ballad that Finger Eleven? Uh, one, uh, one th- if I traded it. Oh, if I yeah. gave it. I love that song too, man. I'm not gonna. Didn't they do here in your bedroom too, or no? No, that was definitely. <laughs> was that Goldfinger? <laughs> yeah, Goldfinger. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. All right. Well done. Um. Right. So, so would you also go to a Creed show by yourself if you if you're still confident? Would you also take that on? The the loser, yeah. the vice loser would also have to do it. Like the vice loser would also have to go by themselves to a creed show. But if you're confident, well, can I go though, with them? I don't think so. I think it's got to be awkward for them. Like I think that's the point. I think you could still, if you go with somebody else, you could have a good time, right? Like, See, but I, it's not going to be awkward. It would probably be awkward for me just to go to a creed concert with somebody that I kind of know than and sit there and talk to them and then get to know them at a creed concert. It might be. Like, gri- I know it Paul might be well. Griffin. Like, for- yeah, it, it could be like Griffin. Griffin and I could be like maybe we become best friends. That's what you know, I'm saying. That's why I don't think don't I. Anybody. I don't think that I want you to go with yeah, somebody so, else. So, I, so I since want I'm it. close, I'm kind of leaning towards. Yeah. Yeah, you want Jeremy to be able to yeah. go with 
because it might be you. You're out of your, you're, you're out of your mind if you think I don't find the other person there and hang out with them the entire time. Well, maybe we so. demand you go to different shows. Maybe you go to Hershey <laughs> and the other person goes to whatever they call uh, what's the one in Virginia now? Nissan Pavilion, whatever the hell that thing is called these days. Maybe that's yeah. the way that we handle that awkwardness. But you will do both, is what you're. Jeremy is stepping up and saying, if he loses, still, not only will he pay the penalty, but he'll also pay the vice losers penalty, which is that is but, a, that is a lot. But what if? What <laughs> if I? Sorry. All right. So what, yeah, you want something on the other side? You want something if you don't lose at this point? It's, no, it's it's like I'm not. You know what's funny is I always get in these things and I don't worry about winning it. I just don't want to lose. Like I was in a. I was in what we called the dress league, and the person that finished dead last had to wear a dress and serve everybody drinks for the last week of the football season or the first round of playoffs, depending on what worked out best. But everybody else in the league <laughs> and you were like again a bond that you had to wear. Yeah. So oh, okay. So like I always said, I'd never lose it, and in one year I had all these injuries and I lost. Like I lost the one year, so I had to do the dress and serve everybody food. To which I think they got me a g-string. Uh, put it in water and then threw it in the freezer, so I'd have to put on a frozen G oh, string. That was good. fun. That is pretty good. Um, fishnets, heels, um, you know, all kinds of stuff. The wig, the it's, lipstick. It's, it's adorable. Like everybody picked it's, something. It's adorable that you said they got it for you. Like you just didn't have it sitting at your house, Jeremy. That's adorable. Yeah, but I didn't get to use my own. I had to use theirs. <laughs> that is more comfortable the way they put it out. Jeremy, for years, somebody would be like, ah, you know, we got it. We got to We got to do something for ratings today, and Jeremy would already have his dress on. Like he would already be yeah. like. Well, I'm here. No, no, we've done that before, Jeremy. That's what they we've would say. We've got to do something yeah. else for ratings at this point. We can't just keep putting Jeremy in a dress. We've got to do something else. Yeah. So attractive. Yeah. yeah, you are. I don't disagree with that. It looks very good. All right. Um, what? I, I, I didn't get to hear you guys, unfortunately, today. I, I don't even know how to talk about this with the Ravens, right? Like, I really do. I'm struggling. I get that it's our job, but it, it's so much easier if it's just, hey, they've lost games because ultimately the secondary isn't good enough. When... When you say, hey, they've lost seven games over the last two years, or they've had a double-digit lead, or you know, at least a 75% chance of winning in the fourth quarter, we know it's alarming. We know it's bad, but it ain't one thing. Like It's different every time. There's something else going on, and I don't know how to make sense of it. I don't know, I don't know how much it matters either because it— like. Would you feel better if the Ravens were losing by 30 points in those games? Would you think that makes it a better team if they just got their asses handed to them? The other way of saying it is, in every game the Ravens have played with Lamar Jackson as their quarterback, they've had a chance to win every single one of them over the last two years. I I just don't know what to deal with this. They're the only team in the history of the NFL through 10 games that have had a lead for this long of actual time per play in the game. So... Like yesterday, they didn't they didn't lose the lead or give up the lead until until the Browns kicked that field goal. You know, so you you had moments in the game where you're like, well, they're they're great. They're not, you know, they they don't trail. And in the history of teams that have trailed for this little amount that the Ravens have, it's nuts. All those teams are ten and zero. They're yep. the only team with a loss, let alone three losses after trailing for that little bit. And you have to admit, it's not like they. They beat everyone's ass or whatever, and then they had that one hiccup or whatever against the team where they, they, they lost, right? No, no, this is over time, and these are three leads of double digits that they've blown. I mean, it just feels crazy to look at this. They've created a narrative to where now when teams play you, they get down, they're like, yeah. you know we're not out they've of it. Got they've them right where we five times before. Yeah. But, but whose fault is it? Like, what, what do you do about it other than just say, I mean, 
You got to go yeah, play another football. Everybody's, but like ultimately, we're probably going to fall back on the coaches here quite a bit. Like the players still have to execute plays, but nobody can give me a correct answer of why Keith Mitchell didn't get back in the game. Was it because he lost seven yards on that one play? Who gives a rat's ass? He gained forty on another one that he had no business going around the corner there on and created something. Um, so that doesn't make sense. You give you give the guy that's had the biggest explosive plays three carries and you throw the ball to him twice and then he's done. So five touches the entire game. And there was nothing about injuries or anything they said about it. Harbaugh's like, oh, that wasn't the plan. But So what happened? And, and again, like I don't know that they're ever going to tell us anything, but I get really tired of we win and then the world, like everything's great. We're the best team in the world. I love these guys. I love you. I love me. That's a great question. Oh, man, I can't. Thank you for asking such a great question to we lose and it's like, Oh, we didn't play winning football. Well, what does that mean? You didn't play winning football. You literally led the entire game and gave it up. Why does that happen? And they don't have an answer for it. I don't have the answer either, man. Like that's part of the, cool. the issue. I don't I don't know to the point if it continues, I'll keep saying this. If it continues, if this is the reason why the Ravens if there's three more of these this season and the Ravens say like miss the playoffs in a crowded AFC, then the coach has to answer for it. I agree on that. If it's why they lose in the first round of the playoffs again is they build up a lead and they fall apart, and it's the fifth time this year that it's ha- then the coach has to answer for it. I agree with all those things. In these circumstances, I there's still I the the biggest issue I have in talking about it, Jeremy, is like I still know they're a very good football team to the point they've only trailed for 28 minutes this season. They're an exceptional football team that has a very unique problem that can't just be addressed by saying, well, this guy is going to play nickel corner now, right? Like, I I don't know how to talk about it, and I don't know if I fear it going into Thursday night, for example. I think as far as football teams go, the Ravens are very good. They deserve to be four-point favorites against the Bengals on Thursday night. I have every reason to think they're going to win that game at home, but this thing will continue to loom. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be there, and, and much like, you know, I brought it up uh that it's akin to March Madness when you let a team play, you know, on the same floor as you, and all of a sudden they're hanging around going, hey, guys, right. you know, we're playing the number three team in the country, and we're just down six points, you know, like, and then all of a sudden teams start to buy into it. I think really teams are going to play the Ravens, and if they look like, hey, we're down, but this team's giving it up, we can get back into it. And I do think it gives the opposing team and coaching staff confidence. And the Ravens really have to look at it and go, what are we doing? And it's, we can sit here and say it's execution because I've heard people complain about both losses. Like, oh, you're and I've done it. You're playing to the clock. You're just running the football, and then you punt it back to them, and then your defense gives it up. And this great defense, for whatever reason, are they going to a prevent? Are they mixing it up? Why did you stop doing what you were doing? All those things. And then you've also watched them go in games and drop passes left and right to kind of let a team get back in the game. So they've blown games every which way you can. I mean, this team should be 10-0. There's, in my mind, there's no doubt about it that they should be 10-0. But here you are. You're, you're playing a division rival in a game that you should win on Thursday night, and we'll, we'll just have to see what happens. Tell me something good. Tell me, like, give me something you're watching. Give me, I, need, I need something positive to think about. Yeah, man, there's, I, don't, I don't know how much there is. Yeah. Like um, I told people, Gen V was great if you wanted I, to watch I that. Did, but, uh, I did finish. Although, I, like, I, I, it seemed like it ended really quickly, right? Like, yeah, it, it, was it was like a 30-minute sh- episode in the last episode yeah, or something. A, a it was short weird. season, and it just seemed like they were getting into their groove, and I was all in on it. Now I can't tell if they're, like, about to mesh the two worlds together. or are They, gonna they con- are. So each, each season is going to overlap the other season, so they're going to lead into it. So they're going to, like, uh, marry well together, if you will. 
Is, um, is that is that too much? Uh, maybe, but you know they're trying to capitalize the same way the Walking Dead did and all these other yeah, shows. Yeah, but, like, but people hey, stop. Wa- but people stop watching the Walking Dead after a little while, except yeah. you. Well, you, good. you, you, I mean, you should one. have. It's terrible, right? So. You, for whatever reason, you may committed to it. The scene. I, if you I, haven't yeah, watched Gen V, I'm still watching. There is a scene that involves. It's a very specific sex scene, and like if you've watched the boys, you've seen some stuff. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the scene where she gets really small. Yes. I, I don't yep. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to be laughing at it the way that I am. Like it was great. God. The whole thing was great. God. Yeah, it's uh that I love one. the idea of superheroes that aren't like squeaky clean good. Oh. You know, it's almost like the anti-hero at yeah, times. 100%, like uh 100%. You know, even a Deadpool or a Venom if you will or I'm trying to think of another a uh, bad guy that can do good things, but whatever, you know, it's just it's kind of crazy. No, Gen V is excellent. If you like the boys, you'll like Gen V. It'll it'll take you a second because you can't figure out if like when I started watching, I didn't know is this supposed to be like an origin story type of deal, and like then you realize it's a universe that exists at the exact same time. It's just yeah, it's just other characters, and it works. And they leave you with a hell of a cliffhanger, man. Like, it's a hell of a cliffhanger to end the season. And I don't know when they're going to be able to do the next season of The Boys, because I don't know if they shot it already or if they were waiting for the strike to end. Well, um, yeah, I think that, like, there was, and I'm wondering if some of that had an impact on Gen V, too, with the, right. the quickness of how everything got wrapped up. Um, you know, maybe there would have been more, but the, with the writer's strike being over. You know, the one thing I thought was interesting that people started calling out, was it Warner Brothers or who? Who 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 shot the um the Wildy e. Coyote movie, uh with the road like there's it's supposed to be Coyote versus Roadrunner or whatever John Cena's in it. Oh, it's just I didn't like know the this. what's the other movie they sh- they sh- they sh- Batgirl they shot and then they just scrapped it because they're trying to write it off yeah. on the taxes. And, oh yeah, Coyote just, versus Acme. That's the, the Coyote yeah. versus Acme is the movie. Yeah, John Cena's in it, but now they're trying to see if somebody else wants to buy it because they weren't even going to show it to people after they already worked on it. They were going to scrap it and try to collect the money and claiming it as a loss. It's unbelievable. So it just, it, yeah, it's just crazy the money that goes on behind the scenes of, like, the, the, I'm just glad that the writer strikes over so yep. we can start getting good material because some of this stuff's been crap. Dude, they, they, I saw a trailer for a show that was like, watch, watch this celebrity's family member sing and see if you could figure <laughs> out who they're related to. And I, I wanted to die. I'm like that. Oh. What are? Why don't we just put porn on TV at some point? Like, what is this? Uh, How about com- the woman who was related to Tom Hanks and how mad she got. Well, and like, that was on another like the show. The clues that they gave out for yeah. her were so easy. Yeah, like they get. It was another show that they did. It was, I guess, the celebrity. This one is. Oh, like, this is a different one. Okay. Yes, it's a different show that's supposed to somehow be like the masked singer, but the bit isn't to guess who the, like, not the B-level celebrity is. It's the B-level celebrity's relative that you're trying to figure out. It's uh, God damn it! How is Ladies there and gentlemen, one? Give a round of applause for Jeff Savage, Ben and Fred's cousin. Correct. Like what? Correct. So what is that? It's, it's <laughs> Jimmy Savage. Stallone. It's Paul Dano's sister. <laughs> did you? Hey, did you watch Sly? I did not. Is it good? Oh yeah, it's one. I mean, it's it's wonderful though if you're like me and you'll just watch him do anything. Like it's, is it a caricature of itself? It's. I don't think it is. I. I th- well, okay. He of course is right. Like yeah. he, in so many ways, is a character caricature of himself. But I would listen to him talk to me 
for as long as possible, right? Like, I, I will just listen to that man say anything for as long as he's alive. And it all worked for me. And, like, how hellbent he was. Like, and I did forget things about, like, how no one thought of him as being a leading man type. And how Rocky literally only happened because, like, he forced it to happen. You know, like, nobody... He wrote a movie, and everybody said, we need to get an actual actor for this movie. And he was like, yeah, no, you can't have my movie. I'm going to be the guy. And everybody was like, all right, dude. Like, good good luck. Have I ever told you my favorite Sly Stallone movie? No. Because, like, he, he holds a big part of my life. And when I was a kid, I loved this 80s movie more than any other movie. Um, there were a bunch of them that always sat with me. But I remember we had a VHS. And Rhinestone was on there. Really? And if you guys haven't seen Rhinestone with Dolly Parton and Sly Stallone, and I, I mean, I think I can quote the movie from start to finish when the guy's telling him to get in. I said, get in. Like, we used to have fun with that in my family. Barnett Kale, you know, you, how do you know Barnett's been over your house until it won't flush and the cat's pregnant? You know, like, <laughs> you tie a pork chop around his neck so the dog will play with All it. Right. All the, I love the movie Rhinestone. With a passion, and I will fight anybody that doesn't like that. Movie. All right, all right, I will go give Rhinestone a rewatch. I don't think I've watched it since I was like seven, so I will it's give. So bad, Rhin- it's good, man. I will give Rhinestone. That's how I feel about like Over the Top. Over the Top is so. Yeah. It's Over the Top. It's so bad. When it's Stallone good. sings "Drinking Sign," are you kidding me? Oh, that's like. Oh. It's, it's an amazing movie. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. All right, what's coming <laughs> up on the show this week? Well, I'm off tomorrow. I'm actually headed up to Philly. My wife surprised me with tickets. I'm going to go see uh, Need to Breathe and Judah and the Lion. Oh, okay. um, right. So we're it, and just a letter. Like I've said this before, but you know, when I was going to see Mo and when he passed in the end, I was listening to like a lot of Need to Breathe. I'm not religious. I know like people yeah. put them as a religious band, but I love their live album more than any other album I've ever listened. There's to. There's a song that they do um, that I like a lot, and I can't think of what it's called. But there's one song. Is it in brother? There. Uh, maybe that's what it is. That was their biggest hit. Um, but they also, they had talk of the town that was on, uh, I mean, like, and even, uh, Wilder Woods, the, you know, it's fair Reinhardt, but he, he split off and I saw him solo Dude, in PA Wilder Woods earlier been, this year is phenomenal is yeah. phenomenal. That album is a 10 and a half. Uh, it's like, it's some of the, and one of the best live shows that I've seen, I saw the 1975 last week. That's one of the best live shows I've seen. So just so <sighs> I'm, I'm it was dying. insanely good. Okay. I really like them, but the last album they put out was so disappointing to me because it was just sad bitch stuff, right? Like, I okay. I don't... This is where we... I don't understand our obsession with sad bitch stuff, right? Like, okay. when emo was at its best, it was sad bitches making better music, right? Like, now we're obsessed with just making sad bitch stuff. And I don't... It's not... I don't get it. I don't... I even struggle. Everybody loves Boy Genius, and like I like them sometimes, but even that, sometimes I'm like, mm-hmm. why can't we have some joy in what we're making? Some Dashboard Confessional could sing a song about a girl cheating on me, and you could feel joy in it. Like, I, I just don't know why we're obsessed with making music that sucks joy out entirely. And that was my I, I kind of like sad bitch stuff. Oh, man. I, I, I do. I, I know. Well, you like John Mayer, right? Like, you like uh, Ed Sheeran. Like, there's a lot of... I there's, just... Oh, Ed Sheeran's amazing, man. What are you talking about? You love that guy. I have a lot of, like, musical takes that I would fight people for. And, you know, Ed Ed Sheeran being the male Taylor Swift, like, I I mean, I'd probably be his Travis Kelsey if he won. I mean, I'm not as talented as that guy, but Eh, I do have a mustache. And you're just as good looking. I do agree with that. You're just as good looking. Hey, uh, Proctor wants to know 
If you um if you lose Okay. And you've got to dress as the Notre Dame mascot, do you shave your facial hair to match? Well, the mascot has a beard like yeah. mine, right? Is it that or I thought it, it was the... I thought it was more of a, a well kept. I thought I thought it was. I think he might. I'm Should we have him dye it, you know, orange? And... I would be. I I would be in favor of that being the trade-off. Like if you if you don't want to shave any of it, that you if you dyed it orange, I think that would be perfect. I'll say this right now, and I mean this. Whatever you guys ask me to do, I will do. God, you are a hero, and it doesn't even help your ratings in any way. This no, is the so type if you want me to dye it orange, I'll dye it orange. If you it need is, me to shave it in it, some it, way, it is, I'll shave he's it. Right. It's this a, is my penance for losing. It is a very well-kept set of facial hair. It is not any, at all like yours. But I would say... What does that mean? That I'm like a homeless guy? No, you I mean, have I a big old... Right. You know it. You look like Santa Claus, for F's sake. This guy has oh. a very... It's a tight, like, chin hair. You know, like, that's what he's got going on. So oh, I got you. Okay. I, I say that it's your if you I if if it matters to you if you don't want to shave that we just trade it off and if you dye it orange we're good right like are we all in agreement on that? I think that would be the amount of effort that would go into that would be overwhelming and I would say that's more than enough. Griffin, okay. I'll leave it up to you. If you want me to shave it and dye it orange, I'm I'm for that. Griffin, really, you could still lose. <laughs> like you could still lose the contest. And you would have yeah. to put on like a fake beard in that situation. I don't know. Can you grow a beard? Um, I I, I don't I don't have the uh, I can't. I, grow I feel a beard. like I could, but like I, it gets too itchy. I don't want to. Okay. Yeah. I'm just no, I'm not, I'm not manly enough for it. All right. Fair enough. The good thing, uh, Griffin, is my beard's not itchy at all, so I can rub it on you. There you go. There you go. That's our guy. Yeah. At Jam or at That's J. What I used Con- to do to my kids. I'd beard them, and they say, "Oh, Dad, stop." Yeah. At Jcon Sports on Twitter, Concrete Locks. Dot com with two N's, ConcreteLocks.com. That's how you find them. Love you, buddy. Appreciate you. I'll see you guys. Thanks, man. Jeremy Kahn, 105.7 The Fan, The Big Bad Morning Show. Uh, Griffin, you want to tell everybody what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel these days? Yeah, over at the Live Casino. Maybe if you bet uh, like I did, the one bet I did not hit yesterday was Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown because wow. he had to. Wow. He had to miss it. <laughs> wow. He had to not score a touchdown. Yeah. Did you see how they were doing at the end of the game? I and did. I, I was not watching. They were, yeah, I guess because the Ravens were yeah. busy blowing a lead. Yeah. They were four, They were up 34-3, to three, and they were on the goal line, and it was like, you know, the inside like four minutes. All the starters, like Sam Darnold was in, all the starters were out. McCaffrey was in, and they were force-feeding him at the goal line, trying to get him to score. Uh, it was fourth and goal. They're up, again, they're up thir- by 31 points, and they're going forward on fourth and goal from like the five and uh, they cannot get Christian McCaffrey to score because they are trying to go for it. would have been the record. It would have been the most consecutive games with that with the touchdown scored. So uh, McCaffrey did not score a touchdown. So if you bet that, you could go over to the live ca- or the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland uh, where you turn those losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion between now and January 4th, 2024. All Live Casino and Hotel Maryland rewards members will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the second chance to win drum in two nights a week 20 different winners will be chosen prizes ranging from live casino and hotel maryland apparel sports and social ultimate happy hour prizes plus cash in free free play worth up to 500 dollars drawings will be held every thursday and monday over at the FanDuel sportsbook at live casino in hotel maryland adorando mills must be 21 please play responsibly for help visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER very good let's get a tidbit tidbit is brought to you today by your local toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. 
Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Um, I got it, it's pretty much all CJ Stroud stuff. Uh, the one non CJ Stroud thing I got is Zach Wilson. Uh, he passed for 250 yards now in back to back weeks. Uh, and it's the first time in NFL history that the quarterback has done that, and they have failed to score an offensive touchdown in either hmm. of those games. Hmm. Weird. Weird. Um, Aaron Rodgers trying to come back, what did they say, mid-December? Is that what they reported? That's, well, he said uh, he, the, he or said. He, he said that? Okay. He told them in their whatever it was, their meeting. That was, uh, for the I'm final. still telling you that if they get out there for Black Friday and he's not on the field, I'll be stunned. I, like, I, think, I, I think that everyone is in cahoots together on this. CJ Stroud, uh, he has been the NFL. And by the way. Even if he can't play, he's still a better option. Yeah. God, it's abysmal. <laughs> Put him in a wheelchair back there, and what? A- I and I I gotta tell you, Collinsworth last night. I they, there's 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 shtick now. Collinsworth between him praising overly effusively praising Tyson Bagent a couple weeks ago, and then last night completely grading on a curve. Like, I, I swear to at one point it was like four third and nine. Zach Wilson runs for six yards, and he's like, well, you know, you like a lot about that. Like he never had a chance. They had six points. He's been awful the entire night. And Collinsworth was, boy, you, you really like a lot what you and you see on this play right here. You know, like, uh, you <laughs> just, if he could really build off of the mic. What is going on? Have you been sworn that you're not allowed to say I this mean, guy sucked? Like, they're trying to, like, sell the game, I guess, at the same time, oh, right? God. Like, I mean, yeah. like it's embarrassing. Just have him go out and just, I mean, what are these two teams doing? Like, that's so embarrassing. CJ Stroud, uh, he has been very good. Uh, NFL's best deep passer on pass plays, 20-plus air yards. Uh, he leads the NFL in completion percentage. Uh, he has the most pass yards. He has the highest ratio, six touchdowns to zero interceptions, and a 147.5 passer rating. Leads the NFL in all those categories uh, on deep balls. Um, and he has a strong case, as you mentioned, to win the uh, NFL MVP. The, the last rookie, or the only rookie, to win NFL MVP was back in 1957 uh, when... <laughs> Jim Brown, oh, okay. Jim Brown, one, right. or a one MVP. I've heard of him as a rookie. Uh, he leads the NFL, all of the NFL in completions, uh, passing yards, passing first downs on third and fourth down. Um, he's top two in uh, in pass yards and passing touchdowns and passer rating in the fourth quarter. And he currently leads uh, the NFL in passer rating and touchdown to interception ratio. Um, getting all those stats from Tony Holtzman Escarino uh, from NFL Research. Um, and uh, he is currently leading the NFL in passing yards per game. The last rookie to lead the NFL in passing yards per game was way back in 1939, of course, uh, Davey O'Brien. Oh, they named an award after him. <laughs> he, his, he was, <laughs> he was uh, averaging 120 yards uh, per game uh, passing. Uh, CJ Stroud is averaging 291.8, um, currently leading the NFL uh, and the most of any rookie ever uh, um, uh, during his rookie season, most passing yards. So tell me, uh, let's do the top. Let's do the top seven. Yeah, let's do the top six here. So if I'm like looking for five more guys, the rookies with the most passing yards per a game. CJ Stroud is number one. Yes, two hundred ninety-one right. passing yards per a game. Let's round out the top six here. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan uh, is not in the top six. A little surprised by that. Um, Matt Ryan is way down there. Okay. Yeah. That's more than a bit surprising. Yeah. Yeah, under 220. Uh how about Uh they lost a lot, but I'll still say Troy Aikman. Um Troy Aikman not on there. All these guys played uh after 2000. That's not that surprising, but I, yeah. I still thought Aikman because he 
he, they lost a lot and they had to throw. Um, after 2000, they're all on the list. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is uh, just outside here. He is in the top 10, but uh, in his seven games played his rookie year, uh, 242 passing yards per game. 10th. Uh, 11th, actually. How about... Uh, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is uh, is currently, I guess, the leader after you know at the end of the, after a full season, uh, 289 yards per game his rookie year in 2020. CJ Stroud uh, currently ahead of that. How about Burrow? Uh, yes, Joe Burrow. He is fifth on the list in the top six. Also 2020. Russell Wilson. Um, Russell Wilson, no. Okay. Outside the top ten. Outside the top 20. Not sure where he's at. How about about Matt Stafford? Mm, Stafford not in here. Okay, Stafford at two twenty six, a little bit further down. Man, how about Dante Culpepper? No, not Dante. Da- no, da- not Dante Culpepper. Big rookie year. Yeah. Uh, how about man? This is uh, Cam Newton. Cam Newton is just outside as well. Uh, he would be eighth. Yes, eighth on the list. Two hundred fifty-three. This is not going well. This is count Kurt Warner, or do they not count that as a rookie um, season? No, we yeah, figured that not, out. Yeah, yeah did not count. Played a little. Yeah. So two rookies from twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. One of them so is Josh Allen. No, not Josh Allen. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield in twenty eighteen, two hundred sixty-six yards per game. And then this other one, he was not drafted in the first round. Yeah, he might have been undrafted. Really? Yeah. He came in, he played eight games for the 49ers. Uh, this is almost impossible to... For the 49ers in 2018. 49ers played in 2018 in eight games. I mean, they're asking me to remember who the quarterbacks of the 49ers were in 2018. And you think he was undrafted? He was undrafted, yes. Christ. Was it Mullins? Yep, Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. You know that's John and Little Rock's per- close personal friend. Is it really? Yeah, because yeah, he's from he is from Little Rock, I think. Or no, no, he's yeah, he was born in Little Rock. All Nick right, Mullins. And, and we got to we got to wrap up. Uh, twenty twelve rookie. Twenty twelve. Round at the top six here. Twenty twelve rookie. Twenty twelve rookie. And I'm showing, assuming this was not an undrafted player. No, yeah, he was a uh, he was very highly touted. Oh, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. Yes, right. two hundred seventy three. He is fourth on the list. Mark Bulger would be seventh. Okay. In 2002, he had 260 yards per game. Yikes, yikes. All right, very good. Uh, Tubular is brought to you today by... Ooh, this one's going to be brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show, which returns one week from tomorrow night. So we will be back together on Tuesday, November 21st, back at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. Myself, Rita, Tyus, and his special guest, come join us next Tuesday night, Mother's North Grill in Timonium for the next Tyus Bowser Show it's a partnership of Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia. It's all brought to you by Superbook Sports, HelpMyGamblingProblem.org, and AJ Michaels. Here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise. As I mentioned, the Rookie of the Year announcement, 6 o'clock on MLB Network. Uh, we expect Gunnar Henderson to win and then hop on Facebook Live with uh, Stan, Ross, and Luke after that. Broncos Bills at 8.15 on ABC ESPN, and I'm assuming there's a Manning cast because it's on ESPN2 as well. Everything else, go to Glen Clark Radio. Wizards Raptors, 730 on uh, Monumental. Knicks Celtics, 730 on NBA TV, followed by Cavs Kings at 10. 
ATP Tour Finals continue on Tennis Channel. All the college hoops find it at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, two good ones. Michigan St. John's at 630 on Fox Sports 1. Xavier Purdue at 830 follows that. Everything else, glennclarkradio.com. Non-sports? Um, we do have a lot of stuff uh, later in the week. Nothing, Not a lot. Not a whole lot going on tonight. Uh, Barmageddon is back. Season 2 of Barmageddon. We got a, our, our entire fan base. Big Barmageddon people. <laughs> um, and then, what happened? My, my thing just reset here. I had Oh, okay. Uh, Barbara Streisand will the, be on Colbert. The crossover between GCR and Barmageddon is wild, man. Um, and I guess since the actors are officially done, Jimmy Kimmel's just having every actor on. Uh, Paul Dano, Nick, uh, Nick Offerman, Seth Rogen, as well as 2 Chains and Lil Wayne are all going to be on Kimmel tonight. Okay, so, the so, package deal so probably. So, so yeah, stay tuned. Uh, I guess after Monday Night Football. Okay, <laughs> um, that's it. Those are the, those are the highlights. Dwayne, uh, the Rock will be on Fallon. Um, cool, good for him. <laughs> they got things to plug now, I guess. All right, very good. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox. Uh, thanks today. I guess we thank uh, Jeremy Kahn, Kadria Smile, and Jonah Schaefer. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the. Oh my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Tomorrow, of course, a regular Tuesday stuff. We will have uh, Wes Brown for County Sports Zone Radio. We will have Patrick to talk about a brutal weekend for Maryland down in Asheville. And we'll preview Waiver Wire Wednesday with Joe Serpico. And then Coach Chuck Pagano will join Chuck us. Chuck Pagano will join us tomorrow morning. Uh, get his thoughts on what the hell is going on <laughs> with all of this. So that's all tomorrow on the program. Uh, thanks today to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, Mother's North Grill, A.J. Michaels, as well as the Baltimore County Police Department, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Guilford Hall Brewery, Superbook Sports, Harford County, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday evening. Go Gunnar Henderson. Duke sucks.